You're listening to the Technically Confident Podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Fuller. This is the podcast for the ambitious woman in tech who wants more and is willing to do what it takes to make it happen. I'm going to give you all of the tips, methods, and strategies you need to remove self-doubt, get over your fears, and build the confidence you need to live the life of your dreams and reach your highest potential. So strap in, enjoy the ride, and let's go get you everything that you deserve. everybody and welcome back to the Technically Confident podcast. Today I am super, super excited because I have got my friend and also fabulous money and mindset coach and financial well-being speaker, also host, by the way, of the Mind Money Soul podcast, Laura Moore on today. So Laura, why don't you go ahead and tell the beautiful people a little bit about you? Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, so beautifully introduced. Um, I, uh, like I said, my name is Laura Ann Moore. I am a, I've got many titles, money and mindset <laughs> coach, first and foremost, personal finance content creator, financial wellbeing speaker, all of the things. So my aim is to help women really get financially confident and educated around money um, and feeling good about money so that they can actually learn how to attract and build wealth. So whatever that looks like, you know, education around money management, saving, investing, but over and above all of that is our relationship with money and the emotional side of money. So my podcast, Mind, Money, Soul, talks about the emotional, the practical and the spiritual sides of money because first of all, I find financial psychology fascinating. Um, and I also just had my own personal journey, which I'm sure we'll get onto, but mm-hmm. with money and how I feel about money and um, understanding the emotional side of it. So yeah, I just talk about it in a sort of fun, judgment-free way over socials, all the socials, podcast. I work one-to-one with people. I do talks, classic case of a total (laughs) multi-hyphenate. So yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, And that's great. And like, so this podcast is really aimed at women in tech, but specifically women in tech who are taking the next step into maybe a leadership position, who are super, super ambitious, confident, and just wanting to really do more in their career. And money is a big thing for us. Like specifically when I think about myself in this position, you know, a few years ago, money, I always wanted more of it. (laughs) I always wanted to be promoted. I always Mm -hmm. wanted to strive into the next level. But there was definitely a disconnect for me, you know, between having more of it, keeping more of it. What should I do with it once I had it? Mm -hmm. Um, And so why is it important, first of, first of all, for us to feel good uh, and confident about money? So I think, like you say, there is, there's all these different uh, societal beliefs, individual beliefs, family, cultural beliefs about money that impact the way that we feel and view money. And because of your money mindset, which is essentially your beliefs and your attitudes towards money and those things are driven by emotion. So the way that you handle it, the way you save it, the way that you make it, it's all driven by emotion. Mm-hmm. So if you essentially don't feel good about it, so if you know, if you don't, if you feel stressed, worried, anxious, fearful, whatever, you know, I guess negative emotion you feel towards it, it's gonna have a massive impact on how you manage it. And then usually all of that stuff is like it's deep in your subconscious. It's like, you know, you think I want more or um I want to 
be rich or I want to have all of these nice things. But sometimes there can be, I guess, a misalignment between like the conscious view of money and the subconscious view of money. But to feel good about money, you're basically going to be able to manage it well. You're going to be able to spend it and actually enjoy it. You're going to be able to save it and invest it for the long term. So all of the things that make up our overall like financial well-being, if you don't feel good about money, it, you're not really going to be able to like progress in a positive way. And because people always think of money as something really practical, it's spreadsheets, it's budgeting, it's numbers, they forget or they don't realize the emotional side. So you could have a budget spreadsheet, you could have a savings account or a pension, but if you don't have your money mindset and the emotional side in like, I guess, as the foundation in the first place, the practical stuff doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's like, you know, I always use this analogy of if you were building a house and you had all this like bougie furniture and you've got artwork and like all this cool stuff, but you built the house on a pile of mud, mm-hmm. the house is going to fall down. It doesn't matter what practical, physical things you have. That money mindset is the foundation. So the feeling good about money is where you're going to build wealth from and actually be able to enjoy your money. So that's why it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I would love to know a little bit more about your story actually Mm -hmm. but for me like even when you say that when I look at like my own journey with money and how that's changed like even when I was starting to earn more money like it would still disappear Mm -hmm. because I didn't feel good about having it right Mm -hmm. I like I didn't want I didn't really know what to do with it and then when I did know what to do with it like I would panic around having it because I wasn't used to having it Yeah. And I think like, that's so common, like the not being able to hold on to money. So it's very classic, like you get paid and it goes straight away. You're spending it straight away. There's not necessarily like one reason or cause that everyone is so different, but like it can be anything from not feeling worthy of having wealth for whatever reason, because so much of money is linked to our sense of self-worth. So if you don't feel worthy of having money or making money or even just, um, lack of confidence around your own financial education it feels easier to just get rid of it because then you don't have to make decisions around what to do you're like I'll just get rid of it I'll just spend (laughs) it and you chuck in you know financial FOMO what everybody else is doing and especially because of social media where you're seeing what everyone else is doing then you're Mm -hmm. you know capitalism and everyone you know consumerism being at such a high of course there's all these things that want to solve problems so we're like we need to buy all of these things like there's so many things wrapped up in like having and spending money and learning your own money journey and money story is so important and I I run a money mindset workshop which is probably I think one of the most transformational ones for people that come going from not really knowing you know what I do or much about it doing that and and I guess what they get out of it because we do a lot of journaling and uh, exploration around your money story so what happened to you in childhood all relating to do with money Mm -hmm. and it is fascinating because there'll be things that you didn't even make a connect between between you and your money that have an impact and manifest in a certain way as an adult that impact the way that you handle and feel about your money it's crazy I love it yeah well I mean yeah it sounds like an incredibly beneficial workshop I think for anyone that goes through it um but absolutely I mean I resonate so much with that like for me it was it's all been tied up in self-worth like the journey with money Mm. like working on my self-worth has just allowed me to be able to like make more money allow Mm -hmm. more money in and just like also as well like you were mentioning before about being able to say no 
Mm. as well to certain things and opportunities that come up and saying Mm -hmm. like actually no this is not right for me at this time and I think we have to be able to do that as well Um, yeah and I I do think I agree like if you especially if you are self-employed freelance run your own business if you are if your your relationship with money is not I guess where you want it to be and also your relationship with yourself those things will have you accepting jobs at an insanely low value because maybe Mm -hmm. you fear you won't have enough or you feel you're not worthy of being paid more, especially as women, because it's so common that it makes it, you end up making choices or financial decisions that aren't in your best interest, which then ironically might make you resent the job or, um, you know, you're, you end up being a blocker or a repeller of even attracting wealth and not even in like a witchy woo woo way. <laughs> but like a lot of this stuff is like, you know, rooted in neuroscience about yeah. how our behaviors and taking inspired action or being blocked from taking inspired action. Um, and the one thing I always say is the first step to any of, you know, improving your relationship with money is, is awareness and understanding what is it? How is it? I currently feel about money. How, where has that come from? Where would I like, how would I like to feel about money and like mm-hmm. all the gaps in between. So yeah, awareness is like, the first step for sure yeah. absolutely and like how did some of this show up for you like how did you get to where you are now like what happened <laughs> what happened what's what the happened? journey <laughs> we know something happened <laughs> that so what was it always something happened yeah. so for me I so I grew up in a household where um it was like I had three brothers and sisters. Um my dad was a self-employed plumber. You'd think that he would make loads of money, but he didn't. He always used to give his clients discounts and he would just give away stuff for free. And it was so so he was out working all the time, but we never had any money. Mm. And you know, unfortunately for my mum, she had to go back to work to to help out with the bills and stuff like that. So from a really young age, I was experiencing I guess the negative side of money, the stress it can cause a family when it's not managed well or when there isn't enough, you know, all of those things. And that really was my childhood and my, you know, my, the belief that I created from that was it's hard to make and earn money especially as someone who is self-employed. So that was, I guess, one of my biggest, like, I guess, money beliefs that I took out into the adult world because of what I saw my dad, you know, go being out of the house, but never having any money. So I had this view of money. So when I got my first job at like 16, 15, 16, I was an absolute hoarder with money. I was so scared of not having enough that I would just like try and save as much as I could. Now, Luckily, that the, I guess the consequence of that was still something quite positive because I was saving, but it was rooted in fear, lack, scarcity, not enoughness. So I, I sort of had, you know, had this journey for a couple of years. And then when I was 19, I decided I wanted to go to drama school. And at drama school at the time, it's still about £15,000 a year, but at the time you had to pay the money yourself. You couldn't mm. get a loan for it, like in the same way that you can universities. So I was like, right, okay, well, better save 15 grand then because my parents can't <laughs> give that to me. So I got a full-time job, started saving. And then after three years, I had the 15 grand. And then very last minute, I decided to, instead of going to drama school, I went traveling. So I went away to my best friends. So cool. Like best decision I could have made. Spent all the money. You know, I was in Australia, New Zealand, Mm -hmm. Thailand, all of that. But I had this moment of being like, 
when I was deciding between drama school and traveling, I didn't have to decide based on which one I could afford. It was based on which one I wanted to do. And it was this most freeing, like, wow, money really does give you like options and choice and freedom. It doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. Like, so within my teenage, you know, from childhood to teenage years, I experienced both the negative and the positive side of money. So that is kind of what catapulted me, I think, in kind of like the journey of personal finance. Because when I decided I don't want to be an actress, I was like, hmm, I'll just set up a blog and just found myself talking about money because mm-hmm. um, it'd been such a poignant thing. And yeah, so so it is that classic case of I fell into doing what I'm doing. Um, and I've always really been interested in like self-help and psychology and personal development and all that stuff. And the two just kind of um, married together. But when I did my financial coaching qualification, I learned so much about my own money beliefs, emotions, all of that. And you look back and I realize, and I wouldn't change my childhood or my teenage years or anything like that for the world because it has made me who I am today. It's made, it's given me this career, you right. know, all of that. Um, but yeah, it definitely came from personal experience of both seeing both sides of, of money and wanting, wanting people to like experience the positive side, because especially in Britain, like the UK have such, uh, the, their societal beliefs are like, don't talk about money. It makes you very, it's crude. It's rude to talk about money, which just gets embedded in our culture. And you have to kind of like find a way to break away from it, whether that's the people you surround yourself with or, you know, the books you read, but yeah, I'm very passionate about helping people to actually get to experience the positive side of money. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love it. And like, money is such a positive thing, isn't it? Like you said, it gives us so many opportunities and just so much life and freedom. And like, I don't know, I love talking about money. I think we talk about money quite a lot. So definitely an advocate for that. Um, But you're right. I mean, it is something that like, certainly as I was growing up, we never spoke about money. Mm. There was, I mean, Mm -hmm. there just wasn't a lot of money Mm -hmm. (laughs) like going around and um yeah it was something that was really shameful to talk about and like I think that we just need to open the narrative about it which is why Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring you on here because yes we are talking about career yes we are talking about like women in tech on this podcast but if we don't know how to manage our money and manage our finances and feel good enough then we won't take on the opportunities that are available for us to make more money Mm. and to claim more money. Mm. And so, yeah, so, so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me. And I agree because I think that there, you know, first of all, like the, the shame surrounding money is so strong and poignant in so many places, in so many families, so many, you know, so many ways, but shame is such a, not a pointless emotion, but, but kind of, because it doesn't, it doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't progress, you know, like yeah. it's one of those, it just keeps you quiet and it keeps you stuck. And when it comes to money, there is no need for that because money is money itself inherently is not good or bad. It is the meaning that we choose to attach to it. And the meaning that we choose to attach to it is based on our experiences and our emotions and, you know, all of those things. But for anyone listening, if you know, you're thinking like, Oh, money does stress me out. Or, I've always hated money. or I've always been scared of it is our brains are extremely clever and we absolutely can change how we feel about money. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I've always been a certain way, no matter what age you are, you have the capabilities of changing how you feel towards money and how you therefore act. And I think that everybody could probably look back over their careers or over their lives and maybe say that, oh, I've made this financial mistake or I wish I'd taken that opportunity or it stopped me doing this. And 
that's just part of life. It's just part of the journey, but it's making that choice of going, as of now, there are things that I want to change. I want to be able to feel good about money. I want to be able to take that big, you know, that pay rise and feel good about it and not feel like mm-hmm. I haven't earned it. Um, and I think that the just the power in kind of like claiming that and like committing to that journey will have such an impact as like a, a, a starting, like a stepping stone into um, having a better relationship with money. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And so like based on that, I think like one of the questions that I had for you that I really wanted to ask you today was like, why is our perception of money? How is it important in helping us to basically attract, make and keep more money? So when you have a certain view of money, like how you view money is what your reality will be with money. When I learned that, and it's such, it's so simple, but so effective because you, that can actually be applied to anything in life. Like you can just swap the word money out with anything. How you view something is how your reality will be with it because our brains are so clever. They just want to, but they they just want to keep us safe, right? They don't want to keep us happy. So even if money is stressing you out, you don't have any at the end of the month, you don't know where your money is going because it feels safe and familiar for that behavior. It's, you'll feel like you can't change your actions. Your brains will, your brain will make choices that keep you in that cycle what we really want though is to be able to say I get to choose how I view money I want to view money as a tool as a resource because I'm a massive believer that the more good people more conscious people that have money the more good they can do in the world you can buy from you know independently owned businesses and you can give to charity and you can you know money can be such a great source so I think when it comes to understanding like your own perception of it so if we take my story for example I fully believed that being self-employed was really hard it was hard to make your own money it was hard to earn it you know you had to give all the hours you had to be working crazy hours all of the time all of the effort and for a good probably three years maybe at the start of my like career when I was like working a full-time slash part-time job and then um was running my business alongside it even though my business was making money you know I was a self-employed person making money I can look back and see all of the ways in which I blocked myself because I had convinced myself that it was hard to make so that perception was then what I was creating it wasn't until I I guess rewrote that belief and broke through that barrier and saw evidence of no I can make money I you know I just got to do on a bigger scale that I was then able to actually quit my job which by that point I was like so sick of it because I'd worked there for like (laughs) 10 years um that I was actually able to quit and run my business full time. Had I not worked through that belief first, it would have been so much harder, even though what I was offering was the same. My value and my service was on a whole the same, but the way that I was perceiving making money in my business, I'd made, I'd made it this massive thing and I was getting burnt out. And so I'm sure like, that's just one example of being someone who's self-employed, but it, it, it applies to everything. And it's that classic thing of, and I know it's like, probably it's got to be the most quoted like piece of research, but you know, that one where it's like, if a man wants to go after and go, uh, has an interview for a job, if he ticks like three out of the 10 things yeah. that you need, he's like, absolutely. Yes. Whereas a woman, probably like nine out of 10. And it's still like, am I qualified for the job? It's, it's the same kind of thing with money. Uh And because of the way that we value it and view it, if we don't think we're worthy of it and we perceive it to be something that's makes you greedy, makes you evil or whatever, it's going to have an impact on what the way that you then attract it and manage it. So understanding, just asking yourself really like, what do I believe to be true about money? 
like that simple question and, and asking, you know, how does spending make me feel? How does managing, how does budgeting make me feel? And really getting in touch with what the emotions are and the beliefs are behind money. You'll be so surprised with some of the stuff that comes up. And then it's asking yourself, is that actually true though? Even yeah. if I've got some evidence, maybe because my parents were like that or my grandparents or friends or whatever, that can be evidence based on their life. But do you want that to be true for your life? Because there are a million other people out there doing things in a different way that actually goes against your belief. So I think that's the thing. Like, it's, um, there's a quote, which is like, the map is not the terrain. Have you heard mm. that before? Yeah, I love I, that. I love it. And it's so, it's such a good quote because it's so true. Like the, the, we're all in the same live in the same world, having the same, you know, physical, I guess, 3D experience, but the way that we view what's happening has a massive impact on how we then show up in the world. Yeah. It's the same with money. One thousand percent. <laughs> One thousand percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, we actually, I talk a lot about changing belief systems mm-hmm. on this podcast, specifically when it comes to confidence. When, and you are absolutely right. And I think, you know, some of the things that we need to be building more and more evidence for Mm. what is good and what supports us as opposed to what doesn't. And like you said, starting with, with the awareness of it and what we're Mm. actually, what what is actually going on and what is the narrative like is huge. And like what I've started to do, and I've been doing this like work for years is still now, like even catching myself, Mm. like right. As soon as I notice any bit of tiny belief that does not support me is making a note of it to Mm -hmm. go back to on my phone later to work through every single day to move Mm -hmm. through it because Mm -hmm. it doesn't even if we move through some of it it's like new levels new devils right there's more and more every single time so don't be complacent yeah stick at it (laughs) is the message yeah yeah and also when you are like changing you know when you are changing something on a subconscious level like you don't just wake up one day and go oh you know um, it's different like it takes work but the work is the best kind of work that you can do like hands down it's that classic case of like investing in yourself gives the highest return on investment when you are trying to change your money beliefs you first of all actually have to believe that you can change I think that's one of the biggest blockers is some people are like this is how I've always been I'll never be able to change but that in itself you are literally blocking yourself and there's a book or I recommend it to everyone because it changed my life it's called Mindset by Carol Dweck I love it oh it's such a good book isn't it such a great book And it talks about the difference between obviously a growth mindset and a fixed mindset and like how if you have a growth mindset, which is whereby you believe that your personality traits aren't fixed and your, you know, your level of intelligence isn't fixed, you can, you can work hard and you can make changes to those things. You've got more emotional resilience as someone with a growth mindset. You are more likely to be more successful, like all these studies where someone with a fixed mindset you kind of get you kind of get stuck within your own head around mm-hmm. things and you, you you don't really progress in the same way um, and you can't deal with like challenges and blocks so first believing that you actually can change your money mindset and your relationship with money is so important and you you only really i think you can only really get that belief in your own ability to change by reading about it and learning about it like there being hard scientific facts well, I, I love I love the science behind stuff. So when someone explains something to me with a bit of science, I'm sold. So if you are thinking, oh, I didn't really think I could change, like that's where you should start for sure. Like in reminding yourself that you absolutely can. Like our brains are extremely they've got plasticity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're moldable. Yeah, um, that's 
<laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. And like, I think you're right. And I think the other thing is as well, like finding examples of other people yes. who have changed. Like, and there might not be any in your current environment. Like mm. for me, there absolutely wasn't. Like I grew up in very much like working class, like mm-hmm. council estate. Like there were not... <laughs> people preaching money mindset <laughs> around <a> mindset <laughs> you know, they just weren't right so like you have to and if you're listening to like a podcast like this you are probably a little bit on your way to that mm. anyway you probably have some kind of growth mindset like knocking about yeah but definitely find different people in whatever environment you can and definitely like like role, I don't like necessarily love the word role models, but I think like finding examples of people that have changed helps yeah. you believe that you can change as well. Yeah, there's, um, I call them expanders. So instead of role models, yeah. find your expanders. So people that are either doing what you want to do, be it in the industry or they've gone from, you know, like a really perhaps bad place to an amazing place like people that you're like they expand my view and my beliefs and like they are great evidence for x y and z so I have like some business friends who are expanders because I'm like wow they're really you know doing this and doing that and I thought I couldn't but they are and like Charlotte for example you you're an expander for me because you're a nomad and you work away and like that's something that I really want to do when I see other people in my circle doing that I'm like she can do it I can do it for sure. Like it means that it's physically possible. And I'm also a big believer. Like if you get given a desire, if you, if there is something that you want to do in your life, we do not get given these desires if they are not capable of happening in real life. So yeah, he, he, so like desires are guiding you, my friends. Yes. Yes. Of the way. And like leaning into that. So if you have to go out there and find physical evidence in the 3d world of other people or even where you've done it yourself, like there would be times where I'd be like stressing a bit about money, like, cause I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still going for my own journey. And human. then I'd be like, I'm a human. <laughs> exactly. <Unbelievable>. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> How dare I? I know. But, but I would have to look back and be like, Laura, you know, like the, the first month that you went. So for example, the first month that I went self-employed, I'd said, I really want to make five grand in my business just to prove to myself that I am capable of this. Mm-hmm. And I had, unwavering faith that first month that I'd quit. I was just high on energy. I was like, yes. And I did. I, I remember that month. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. I love that. It was a really poignant <laughs> month for me. And I did. I smashed through it. And I was like, so that's so like I I I became my own expander in that situation. And like the people that you surround yourself with have such an impact because this is really common. What can happen is you and I get maybe well, I was gonna say it happens more when you're younger but actually I can't like claim that it's different for everyone but that classic case of playing who's the brokest so being in your friendship mm. group and being like oh my god I've got like barely any money till the end of the month and it's like oh my god well I've only got 10 pounds it's like well I've you know and it's really common in students because obviously you know yeah. but it can roll over and if you are in those friendship circles you do have to take a moment to be like I don't want to engage in this conversation mm-hmm. I don't I can't use yeah. this language because language is so powerful it's the one thing one of the things that we can change for free literally today yep the language you use literally creates your life so if you're even around other people using negative or bad language that has an impact on you and that's why they say the people you surround yourself with are so important absolutely it 
is huge, the impact that it will have on your life. And I, for one, am very, very conscious now about who I spend time with, Mm. also how I speak, but also, you know, if there are people in my life that are not adding value, and I don't Mm -hmm. mean that in a, they're not giving to me, I mean the fact that they are not positive or they're not, you know, bringing something, exactly their energy is not on point they've got to go, I'm afraid. And um, I actually, I've spoken about this in another episode, so you'll get to hear Mm -hmm. more about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But we need to be able to, we need to be aware of this. We need to be able to clear space as well with these people and these experiences and the language that we use to bring in good things into our environment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, could not agree more with you on that. And I think also when it comes to, because obviously there's so many different like sections to our like financial well-being and our financial growth obviously you have you know the income that you make but it's what you then do with that money because I think people automatically assume that their problem their money problems lie in the amount that they make it lies Mm. in their income sometimes that is the case and there are some people unfortunately or probably a large portion of people who really don't have high enough income to cover you know all their basics and all of that but if you're in the category of you know you have a decent enough income that you are your bills are covered you know you've got a roof over your head you've got money etc you have to learn how to manage a small amount before you start managing a large Mm. amount like the way that you manage 10 pound is how you will manage 10,000 so understanding the language you use towards money now even if you're not where you want to be financially because to get to where it's a bit of like a paradox because where you want to get to financially you have to be managing it on a foundational level to start. So if you are looking to get a promotion or you're looking to get a pay rise or you're looking to run your own business, whatever that looks like, and you're working towards making more, the point of making more is so that you can essentially like invest the difference, right? That's how we build wealth. We make a bit more money. And then with that, we are investing it. We're trying to make a profit. We're growing it over time. You can only do that if you're aware of your own money behaviors and money relationship, because what will happen is lifestyle creep. You'll make more money And you'll just spend more because you'll be in this habit of just spending what you've got. And then that's part of the story as well. And if you are hanging around with people who maybe have beliefs that are like, that are negative and like, oh, you want to make more money, do you? You know, we all know someone Mm. like that who, and maybe you're that person who feels like that. It's so common to feel blocked, not only by your own beliefs, but by other people's beliefs. And that is where you have to like, become aware of language and energy and like, what is it I am trying to create? Like really asking yourself, what is it I am working towards? What is it? What life do I want to create? And money doesn't have to be the end goal. Money just, money doesn't have to be the destination. Money just has to be the vehicle that takes you there. Like, and it's okay to want to get in that car and drive it really fast down the highway. Like go get yourself that money, like use it to build the life that you want but you can only really do that and actually attract more and build more wealth when your relationship with it is that you feel worthy of having it and you trust yourself with what you're going to do with it when it comes in Mm, yeah trust is huge isn't it Mm. when it comes to money and trusting yourself yeah because you're not because you're trusting yourself you're you're trusting that you're managing it right and also that it's going to keep coming in it's like a Mm -hmm. double like the money and yourself and one of the big ones for me is trusting to let go of it Mm-hmm. as well when it when I needed to yeah and like recognizing that there's this constant flow of money and that mm-hmm. like as a flow of of anything in life of water of air or whatever it is mm-hmm. something has to come out for more to come in yeah and if we're blocking the outflow <laughs> then we are blocking the inflow now that doesn't mean that to go out and spend everything that you have but it's 
recognizing that it's part of nature as such. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like I always say, I'm not one of those money coaches that will tell you to stop spending money on your three pound oat milk lattes or your Mm. avocado on toast or whatever, because it's not about restriction. And I think there was a report done by a lady named Anne Bowden who runs Starlin Bank. Mm. And it was looking at the, it was called the language of money. And it looked at the way that magazines and articles and PR stuff spoke to men about money versus women about money. And with men, it was like invest, build wealth, grow, all of those kind of stuff. But with women, it was like restrict, cut back, save. Mm. So we have this I know. No, like, thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to reject that. Um, so as women, we end up taking on this mindset of like more so of viewing money as something that we just have to like cut back and hold on to and restrict. And that's where I was at when I was, you know, in my younger years with the hoarding of the money, because I was, it was like an energetic block because yes, I was holding on to it, but I was so scared to spend it. And I know that it's so common and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, you're probably like, yeah, I have times where actually I spend money and I feel really guilty about it. Mm-hmm. And those feelings of guilt, usually like if we actually look into them, it's like understanding where does that feeling of guilt come from? Is it because you've just spent money that actually should have been spent on bills? Well, that's, that guilt is fair place because you're putting, you're jeopardizing your own well-being if you know you can't pay your rent or pay your water. Right. However, if you, all of that stuff is cleared and the guilt is coming from um, a lack of worthiness because, you know, you bought yourself some new shoes, you treated yourself and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should have done that. It's asking yourself, but did I actually have the money for that? Was it something that I actually needed? Was I conscious when I was making that decision? And and getting really clear on your own financial values and your own financial goals is so important because the reason why we make money is not just to save and invest it. It's so we can enjoy it as well. Like life is here to be enjoyed and we live in a world, a capitalist society where we need money to enjoy things. So it's important that we learn how to have that flow of money where we are saving, investing, and spending because if you're only doing the other two you'll get to a point where you've got so much sat in the bank and you'll never be able to enjoy it what's the point of that so like you say but don't just be like oh okay well you know I should just go and spend everything because that doesn't feel aligned it doesn't it doesn't make you feel good it's finding that harmony of being able to spend while still building wealth it's like uh it's finding that balance of both Mm. yeah absolutely balance balance love it um And so for the women listening on this podcast, what advice do you have for them in terms of setting financial goals for themselves to support them in in 2023, but also in their career as well? I think so. I love like I love a good financial goal and like financial goals can look different. They can look like in different ways. Right. So there are three main types of financial goals. So like value based, which is I want to save X amount within X period. Like it's a really practical, tangible, measurable thing. Then you've got education-based goals. So I want to learn how to invest. I want to learn about crypto. I want to learn about mortgages, et cetera. And then habit-based goals. So that's more about the process. So I want to learn how, I want to make sure I look at my bank account every day. I want to make conscious money choices. I want, it's more about your behavior. Now, obviously the most common are the ones which is like saving or investing or clearing debt within a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I always say, take a moment like to really figure out and connect with your future self. So I have this, um, this visualization track, which is like a future you visualization where it's like 10 minutes long and you basically get connected to that future version of yourself, be it in three years, 
five years, 10 years, whatever that looks like, but you can't create goals unless you know what it is that you're actually working towards. So getting a really clear picture on that person that you want to be. Now that could, it could be anything. It could be, you want to buy your dream house. You want to go traveling. You want to set up your own business, whatever that looks like. But the point of having financial goals is to be able to do those bigger things that we can't afford just from one paycheck and that you do like, you know, delayed gratification. You have to build up over time. Because I think a lot of the time is we think about these big, exciting things in our lives and in our head, if we have a poor relationship with money, money is the thing that stops us. We go, oh, I've always wanted to go traveling, but I could never make that happen. I've always wanted to run my own business, but I could never afford to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't let money be the thing that stops you from going after those big, exciting goals. Flip it on its head and go, what is it I want and how am I going to get there? Like, what is it I need to do to get there? And then you can kind of create goals around that. like. I think it's good to have basically short-term, medium-term, and then like long-term goals. So your short-term is like just making sure you've got an emergency fund and you've got a little bit of cash saved away and then anything you're doing in the near future. Medium-term goals are those ones that I mentioned that you're going to do within the next five to 10 years. And then your long-term goal is essentially like your retirement plan. And I think especially as women, we end up, there's a massive pension gender gap. I don't know, like I know there is in the UK. Um, but like we, we always go, oh, that's future me's problem. But like, actually, the more connected you can get to your future self, the better choices you'll make in the moment to prepare yourself for for that freedom of, you know, not having to work in the future. But yeah, so when it comes to creating goals is, I would say, is, is you really need to connect with that future version of yourself and make sure the goals that you're creating are actually yours. They're not what you're being told. You know, I have so many women come to me and they're like, oh yeah, well, I'm, I want to save for a house. And I go, do you actually want to buy a house though? And they go, well, my mum said I should. It was a good financial investment. Or, well, my friends are doing it. And I'm like, yeah, but do you want, is that what you want? Right. Because if you aren't emotionally connected, strongly connected or motivated by that goal, you're not going to make decisions that align with it. So for me, I'm a financial coach. I'm not saving for a house right now because for me, my ideal future is traveling and working, being a bit of a nomad, but I'm setting myself up for financial success in different ways that don't include buying a house. And it always really surprises people, but I'm like, that's because they're my goals. And that's what makes me, that's what I want to do, not what society's told me to do. So yeah, connecting with that is really, really important. Yeah. So important because otherwise you just, you won't go after the goal with the same, Mm. you know, whatever yeah exactly insert any word yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly that that you want I mean like there have definitely been times where I've gone after things that I thought I should go after and Mm -hmm. I've never been successful in achieving them because they don't mean anything to me Mm. so you do and then you feel shit yeah, it's like, well, what was the point in what this? What was the point? Like, I've lost X, Y, and Z just to get this, but this wasn't even something that I wanted anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, really great point, actually. Check in and make sure they are the goals that you you want for yourself. Yeah. And then my last question, Laura, for you is, what are your tips on negotiating or asking for more money in the workplace? So I always think that when it comes to getting a higher salary you want to go in prepared, like preparation is key. First of all, the preparation I would say, and this is something I have done. So I worked in a corporate job for nearly 10 years. I worked in a marketing agency. I did a bit of sales. I did a bit of business development, a bit of project manager. I did a bit of everything. And when I was on the sales team, I worked with three other men. I was the only woman on the sales team. 
I was yep. bringing in the most money. Of course you were. Of course I was. <laughs> and I found out that one of the sales guys was making more than me, even though he, he, he was older than me, he had more experience, but I was making more money than him. Uh, like I was bringing in bringing more. In, so yeah. I was like, I deserve a pay rise. And I was only about 20 or 22 maybe. And I was, it was the scariest thing, right? But what I did that set me up for getting that was I had essentially like a file of evidence to mm. prove my case. If you just go in and you're like, I want more money, they, they need to know from their end, bottom line. Because there is a level, your employer obviously has a level, I think, that they have to match in regards to, um, uh, what's the word, like average industry like being paid to the average industry but if you are like I am worthy of having more because I'm bringing in more or or whatever that looks like you don't even have to be in sales just going to your employer with a business case and saying this is the scope of work that I do this is where I go over and above and beyond this is how committed I am these are some cold hard facts you know here's some testimonials from colleagues whatever Mm. it is you need to go in fully prepared so that that you are there you know there's no hole in your argument you want to feel prepared because what, what that's going to add to is that's going to add to your confidence level when you show up in that meeting and ask for more. So it's not just about proving the fact, it's also about how you show up because of, you know, women are less likely to ha- go after that kind of stuff. Like that's what makes it so frustrating because men will just be like, yeah, give me more money. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the best thing you can do is just be, be as prepared as possible and make sure that you've got um, that side of it. And then really work on your relation your money mindset and your relationship with money and make sure that you aren't attaching your salary to your sense of se- your self sense of self-worth mm. because what can happen is whilst you are working on getting more confident and improving your self-esteem whilst you go through that journey you still deserve to be paid a, a good salary you don't want that to hold you back so sort of detaching from that slightly easier said than done of course but not just just because if we have low sense of self-worth it's probably going to stop us going and asking for more because we're going to think that we're not actually worthy of it even if the cold hard facts are there Mm. so to negotiate it it's like detaching and being like this is a business agreement I can confirm what 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 value I'm bringing to the business regardless of how I feel about myself like and and then you can see that and it's portrayed to the employer then if they say no that is down to you whether you go whether you're willing to accept it and whether you go well I know that I could get more money elsewhere or I can you know whatever and if you need to reach out to friends who are obviously I guess unbiased in per se and and get their their opinion on it because sometimes we can get so caught up in our own heads yeah. about what we're doing ourselves maybe we make a presentation we go in but we just freak ourselves out if you get some friends involved and you can say on an unbiased level this is how the business works this is what I'm doing da, 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 it can be really nice to kind of get a bit of positive reinforcement from friends and this is why I'm so passionate about opening up the conversation about money because when I started doing my blogging and everything around money and me and my friends started talking about it me, me and my t- my old housemates I used to live with who are two of my best friends we would talk about money all the time and we would help each other get pay rises all Love the time <laughs> we would help each other write emails we would and if one was sort of a bit like <laughs> yeah. oh I don't know I don't know if I should ask if that's too much we'll be like no that is what you're worthy of that and it's like we're like each other's little cheerleaders and yeah. It has made a huge impact on my friends' careers and mine. Um, and having people there that, that can support you, whether it's friends, community online, a partner, um, is really important. 
Mm, yeah, I completely agree. I think really good points. And another thing that I would add to that as well is that what I always say to people is be willing to walk away from a situation mm. that is, um, if you, if you don't get what you want, like, for example, I know that's easier said than done, right? Specifically if we're in a corporate environment or in any environment when we're negotiating for something that we want, right? But something I heard a long time ago that rings absolutely true is that within a negotiation situation, whoever cares the least will always have the most power. So if you've Mm. got other options on the table, Mm -hmm. if you put yourself in a position where you're like, I am going to go gung-ho for this. Like, I want it. I deserve it. Like, it's mine. Like, but I'm also willing to walk away if this is not good enough for me. Like, something that I put on my Instagram the other day was like, we need to start asking ourselves, like, not am I good enough for this, but is this good enough for me? And I know, fire. Like, oh, fire. I just Let's all take like, it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love like, that. I'm still yeah. on that. You can, ta- you can take it. It's yours. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and we have to be able to show up with that level of confidence. Yes. And like you said, confidence comes in these situations from building that stack of evidence because that is great. That will always, always support you. But also like know when it's time to walk away from a situation that doesn't serve you because there is confidence and there is power in that as well and Um, to add to that like to to piggyback off the back of all right go on then um piggyback (laughs) in if you as a woman an independent woman have got yourself a essentially a nest egg of money be it an investment in an emergency Mm -hmm. fund you are financially stable and you are you're not just living paycheck to paycheck. You don't have to be a slave to that employer right. or to that client. The more money that you can save and build up and start, to, the better it makes you feel about going out there and going, actually, I won't deal with that shit. You know, I yeah. deserve better. I've got a little bit of buff, buffer room in between like to be able to quit my job and go find a new one, for example. That is the power of money. It gives you those that freedom. It gives you that option. It gives you the choices. And that level of security, no one's going to come and do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Even especially if you are, you know, straight and you're in a heterosexual relationship mm-hmm. and you're with a man, like you cannot rely on, I don't want you to rely on the man managing the finances. It's been yeah. like that, you know, pe- so common in couples that people go, oh my my boyfriend just does it it's all right but it's kind of like we call like in the finance world it's called a fuck you fund yeah so you can say to your employer in a nice way fuck you yeah. and go I'm gonna go somewhere else because I've got this money as opposed to being like oh, I can't do anything because I need that monthly paycheck yeah and that that in itself and we've all been there that in mm-hmm. itself is so trapping it makes you feel so stuck but you literally are buying yourself freedom the better that you can be with your money and the more that you can manage it and build a nest egg and do all of those things. So working on your money mindset and your relationship with money has so many positive benefits, including the ability to ask for a pay rise. And if you don't get it, you can be like, see ya. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Laura, absolutely love it. And like, I am going to be respectful of time because I want to talk to you all afternoon but it's not fair <laughs> we're going to do a, a full day recording <laughs> absolutely um but tell us where we can find you where where do the people go where do the people go people this is where you go so I am on pretty much all socials so I am on um instagram 
I'm on TikTok. I do have a YouTube that will be coming back soon. Then I have my podcast, (laughs) my podcast, which is Mind, Money, Soul. Um, Hopefully my website will be going live within the next month or so, which will be basically mindmoneysoul.co.uk. And I'm also on LinkedIn as well, over on LinkedIn. Um, So pretty much on all socials, I'm I'm Laura Ann Moore everywhere. So yeah, so feel free to come and slide into any of my DMs on any of those platforms. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for just sharing your time with us today. Um, I know it's been super, super valuable for me as well as (laughs) other people. Um, So thanks so much. And um, we appreciate you. Oh, thank you for having me. I've loved it. And I hope everybody finds this this episode useful. I'm sure. Thanks, Laura. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Technically Confident Podcast with me, your host, Charlotte Fuller. If you'd like to get your hands on my incredible and absolutely free 100 resources to empower women in tech guide, which by the way, is packed to the brim with all of the top networks, events, podcasts and books, oh, and influencers you need to follow right now, then all you need to do is go to charlottefuller.com and click the link at the top of the page. Or you can just use the link in the show notes. Super, super simple. I look forward to seeing you next time. All my love and confidence, Charlotte.